And now we take you to Evangel Church in Tallahassee, Florida, to another powerful, life-changing message. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. We're in a series of messages entitled Infinitely More, and it's based on Ephesians chapter 4, verse 20. Excuse me, chapter 3, verse 20, which says, Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think, according to the power that is at work within us. You see, there is a power that's available for every Christian believer. It's the power and the person of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, but you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me unto Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth. And of course, Paul wrote to the Ephesians in chapter 5, verses 17 and 18, he said, Be not drunk with wine in which is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And let me just say right here at the outset, be filled right now from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet with the person of the Holy Spirit. You welcome the Holy Spirit into your life. Just say, welcome Holy Spirit. Come fill me anew and afresh right this very minute. I guarantee you, if you'll call out to him with a heart of sincerity, he will respond and he will fill you because the Holy Spirit wants to baptize you and fill you with his presence even more than you want his presence. So would you say it again? Holy Spirit, come today and come fill me in Jesus' mighty name. Now, we're in lesson four of this series entitled Infinitely More, and today I want to talk to you about the miracle of multiplication, the miracle of multiplication. And let me remind you mothers, this miracle would not have happened if a mother had not prepared a lunch for a little boy and sent it with him as he went out to hear the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so again, we thank God for mothers. Luke chapter, Luke chapter 9, we'll begin reading at verse 12. It says, when the day began to wear away, okay, so it's getting to be afternoon. When the day began to wear away, the 12, that's the 12 disciples, came and they said to him, to Jesus, send the multitude away that they may go into the surrounding towns and country and lodge and get provisions, for we are in a deserted place here. But he said to them, you give them something to eat. And they said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish unless we go and buy food for all these people. For there were about 5,000 men. Then he said to his disciples, make them sit down in groups of 50. And they did so and made them all sit down. Then he took the five loaves and the two fish and he looked up to heaven and he blessed and broke them and gave them to the disciples and set them before the multitude. And so they all ate and were filled and 12 baskets of the leftover fragments were taken up by them. Now let's take a moment this morning and personalize this story. I want you to put yourself in the position of one of the disciples. I mean, you're excited to be following Jesus. You have, you've left everything. You've left your fishing business. You've left everything. And you think Jesus is the Messiah, 
but you're not 100% sure, but Jesus sure is doing some Messiah-like things. He's doing what Isaiah and the other prophets had prophesied the Messiah would do. He's walking on water, and he's healing the sick, and he's cleansing the lepers. He's even raising people from the dead. He's teaching and preaching like no man has ever taught before. In fact, when he speaks, your heart literally is set on fire. You know this has got to be God become flesh. And, and, and you're excited about traveling with him, and you've noticed that the crowds have been getting larger and larger. In fact, Peter has just asked all of you to count the number of men that are on the mountainside that day, plus the women and children, and you come up with at least 5,000 men. That's the most that, to your knowledge, have ever attended one of Jesus' services, and man, you're excited. And Jesus is teaching especially well this day because Jesus is, is preaching the word of God and it's like the word is becoming flesh and the word is cutting and, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword and you're amazed. You're looking around and you're seeing people crying as Jesus is preaching. You're seeing people that are, that are weeping and, and some that are laughing and, and, and some it's like burdens are, are coming off them and, and some are even being healed as he's speaking the word. It's a fulfillment of that which the psalmist had prophesied. It says, it says, God sent forth his word and he healed us and delivered us from our destructions. You're absolutely amazed. But you notice that Jesus is just continuing to teach. It's almost 12 o'clock and you know that it's about time for Jesus to stop teaching and because you got to send everybody to the restaurant so they can beat the Baptists to the restaurants. But Jesus doesn't stop. He just continues to preach, and he's having such a good time. You think, well, he's doing a good job with it. Let's just let Jesus continue to teach, and so it gets to be 1 o'clock, and 2 o'clock, and 3 o'clock, and about 3 o'clock, your own stomach begins to rumble, and you look over at Peter and, and, and Matthew and Thomas, and they're all pointing at their watches saying, doesn't Jesus know what time it is? But Jesus doesn't stop. He just keeps on teaching. And finally, about four o'clock, you and the other 12 disciples, you get together and you huddle and say, guys, somebody's got to go tell him that we, he's got to close out church today because all the best restaurants are going to close. And I know we can only do pickup right now, but, but you know, Kentucky Fried Chicken and, and Pizza Hut and McDonald's and Burger King and Wendy's, they're all getting ready to close. And, and, and the people are not going to have anything to eat. They said, well, why don't you go and tell him? And so with the 12 disciples backing you up, you go over and you say, pardon me, Jesus. Uh, I, I know you're doing such a great job preaching and teaching. And I'm saying amen. And I'm excited about the things that you're teaching. I'm learning a lot. And the word of God's working in me. But, but Jesus, maybe, maybe could, you, could you just not teach so long? Could you go ahead and have a closing prayer and let's send the people home? Because they're going to need something to eat. And Jesus looks at you and he says, you give them something to eat. And you say, me? You're asking me to give them something to eat? And Jesus said, that's right. That's what I said. You give them something to eat. And so you go back to the other 11 disciples and they say, well, what did he say? And you say, well, well he said that, that, that we're to give them something to eat. And Peter quickly says, okay, guys, scramble. Go throughout this crowd, get as much food as you can, collect it. And about an hour later, the disciples come back. 
and nobody's got any food except Andrew. And Andrew's got a little boy by the hand. And he says, hey, guys, the only food I found was what this little boy has. And his mother packed his lunch. Thank God for mothers. We just, we, just, we just really celebrate you on this Mother's Day. This mother had packed a lunch for this little boy. And they looked inside it, and it looked like a Captain D's children's plate. It looked, you know, it, it had, had two fish in it and five hush puppies, and it had a, had a, 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 a SpongeBob SquarePants action figure. And, and you're saying, look at this. This is all we've got. And they says, well, you, and they push you. You go tell Jesus that. So you go up and you say, Jesus, this little boy's got a, a lunch that his mother prepared, and it's just a few fish and some hush puppies. Oh, there may be some French fries down in there, and there's this great SpongeBob SquarePants action figure, but Lord, what are these among so many people? And Jesus then says, I want you to tell the people to sit down. Now, you got to remember, there's over 5,000 men, plus women and children. You know, conservatively, there was about 15,000 people. There may be 20,000. If there was 15,000 people, that means that the disciples had to, had to tell them to sit down in groups of 50. Okay, so that's over 300 groups. Again, that takes about 45 minutes to get everybody seated, seated together in groups of about 50. And then Jesus takes that little boy's happy meal. He prays over the fish and the hush puppies and he distributes a little bit to each of the disciples. And so I'm sure that the disciples are holding that little bit of fish and hush puppies in their hands and then Jesus says, now distribute it to the people. And you're thinking, oh yeah, this is gonna be great. This is only gonna go to about the first three people and then it's all gonna be over with. And I can just see the disciples growing to every group. And, and maybe they're saying, now don't be selfish, just take a tiny, tiny bit. And they gave it out, and they gave it out, and they gave it out. And then Peter perhaps looked back and he says, you know, I know I just gave that guy just a little tiny bit, but he's got handfuls of fish and hush puppies. And so does the next person and the person after that. And Peter looks in his hands and he says, you know what I've given away? I've even got more in my hands now. And they just continued to do that. And this is known as the miracle of multiplication. Now, the Bible also says that after everyone had eaten, 15,000, 20,000 people, Jesus said, Take up the fragments that remain so that nothing is wasted. You know, Jesus was thrifty. He didn't believe in wasting money or wasting goods. He says, take up what's left. And they took up 12 basketfuls. And I've often wondered, what did they do with that? I just want to suggest to you that maybe they gave it to the little boy whose mama had fixed him a lunch. Again, thank God for mothers. Mothers, we thank God for you. This, this little boy's mother had fixed a lunch, and she didn't know that it, God intended to make it part of his miracle. But I believe maybe they gave it to that little boy, and he was able to go home and says, Mama, Daddy, you're not going to believe this, but I've been with Jesus today, and we now have 12 basketfuls of food. We've got enough to feed our entire village for several weeks. Isn't God good? And I believe his mom and dad said, yes, the Lord is very, very good. Now, let me share with you a few takeaways specifically 
from this story. Starting at verses 16 and 17, it says, Then Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish, and he looked up to heaven, and he blessed and broke them, and he gave them to the disciples to set before the multitude. Folks, this miracle did not take place in Jesus' hands. This miracle took place in the hands of the disciples. Think about that now. Jesus took the, the, the bread and he, he took the fish and he blessed it and he broke it and gave it to the disciples. But then the, the miracle was taking place through the hands of the disciples. Dear ones, God wants to use your hands to work miracles. Sometimes we get stuck in our problems and we say, God, somehow, somebody, would you please do something? Would you please make a difference here? But God wants to use you. That's the reason that he wants you to be filled with the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is a miracle worker and he always honors our Lord Jesus Christ, okay? The Bible says that one day Jesus was teaching along the Sea of Galilee on the shore and there were so many people that he was, he was getting crowded and, and he looked, turned around and there was Peter. He was cleaning his nets. He had just brought his boats in. And Jesus had said, Peter, can I stand in your boat and use it as a pulpit and just go out to the lake just a little bit and then teach from there? And Peter said, sure, you can do that. And so when Jesus finished teaching that day, the Bible says that, 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 that Jesus looked at Peter. He says, Peter, I want you to go out into the deep and put your nets down because you're going to catch a whole lot of fish. And Peter says, oh, Lord, we've been fishing all night. We haven't caught a thing. But then Peter thought about it and he says, nevertheless, I'm going to do what you say to do. It's your word. I'm going to do it. And the Bible says that Peter and his partners put their boats out deep into the sea. They let down their nets and they caught so many fish that they didn't have enough strength to pull them all into the boat. Dear ones, whose hand did this miracle take place? You remember the story. They had to ask their buddies to come and help them get all the fish into the boat. You see, God blessed them that day with a net breaking, boat sinking, load of supplies because our God specializes in miracles. What do you need God to do for you today? What are you crying out to God for? I'm telling you, God wants to use your hands to work miracles through you. In fact, the Bible says over here in Mark chapter 16, let me read this to you. Mark chapter 16, verses 17 and 18. It says, and these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. They will lay hands on the sick. If you're suffering in your body in any way today, lay your hands on yourself. If you've got a headache, lay your hands on your head. If you've got a, a shoulder ache, put your hand on your shoulder. Wherever you're hurting today, put your hand on yourself and say, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I speak healing and I speak a miracle to myself. And even as God heals you, I want you to get on the chat lines, both on Facebook Live as well as YouTube, and I want you to tell your moderator, tell your moderator about how God has healed you and brought about a miracle in your life. 
God is good. I'll tell you, he's good all the time. Life's not always fair. Life's not fair a bit. But God is good. Hallelujah. Now, I want you now to look with me at verses uh, 13 and 14. He said to them, you give them something to eat. You, in other words, God always wants you and I to be a part of the miracles that he does. You give them something to eat. And they said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish unless we go and buy food for all these people. You know, this is the only miracle that's talked about in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, other than the resurrection of our Lord. And, and one of the gospels says that it would take six months worth of, of, of salary to buy food for this many people. Verse 14, for there were about 5,000 men. Then he said to his disciples, make them sit down in groups of 50. Dear ones, Jesus was aware that there was a problem. When Jesus began preaching that morning and he preached all day long, he knew that the people were going to need food. He knew there was something going on that was going to require the super supernatural. And dear ones, Jesus is aware of your problems today. Jesus is aware of what you're going through. It's not that he's not aware. He's already made provision. He's already made provision to answer your prayer. He knew when the disciples came to him and said, Jesus, you need to go ahead and just cut this short so we can send everybody to the pizza hut so they can get something to eat. Jesus knew what he was going to do. Dear ones, some of you are facing problems. You're facing heartache and you're wondering, God, how in the world are you going to come through for me? I want you to know he's a God who is more than enough. He knows how to turn every situation around. He knows how to part the waters of the Red Sea. He knows how to halt the Jordan River. He knows how to multiply loaves and fishes. He's got the answer to every need, but he's looking for somebody who's going to exercise faith in him. See, the question is asked, when the Son of Man comes back, is he going to find faith on the earth? And he's looking for you and me to have a response of faith in him. You see, nothing takes Jesus by surprise. See, Jesus sees that broken marriage. Jesus sees your broken heart. Jesus sees those who've just lost your job recently because of this COVID-19. Jesus sees the, 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 the financial pressures that are on you. Jesus sees and he understands and he's already made provision. And the way to approach this is not to say, oh God, will you please somehow do something if you can, but to say, Lord, here's what I'm going through. Just go ahead and tell him, Lord, this is what I'm going through. I'm going to talk to you about it. See, you got to make sure that you're talking to him as you would talk to somebody that's in love with you and somebody that cares about you because he does love you. He does care for you. You see, God is not our problem when we run into difficulties. God is our answer. 
Not only talk to God about it, but get your thinking in line with the word of God. Make sure you're thinking. See, see, it's real easy for our eyes to be on the problem instead of having our eyes on Jesus. See, it was so easy for the disciples to look at all those people and all they saw was hungry people who potentially could get angry and could potentially become a mob. Instead of looking to Jesus, the Bible says in Hebrews that we're to look to Jesus because he's the author and he's the finisher of our faith. When Peter was walking on the water, when he got his eyes off Jesus, he began to sink. He got his eyes on the winds and on the waves. And dear ones, it's so easy for you to get your eyes off of Jesus, to get your eyes on your problem. You and I, we've got to get our eyes off this COVID-19. We've got to get our eyes off the economy. We've got to get our eyes off China. We've got to get our eyes off the White House. We've got to get our eyes off, 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 off our governor and off our elected officials. We got to get our eyes on Jesus because he's the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He is the, the source and the force and the course of all the universe. He's got our answer. And it's so easy when things aren't going well to get our eyes off the Lord. And we say, well, I know Jesus is a miracle worker. And I know that people say this or that or the other. Dear ones, you've got to get your eyes on him because if you don't, the spirit of fear and anxiety and worry will become a stronghold working inside your heart. You see, a stronghold is a system of thought empowered by our emotions that's contrary to the will of God and the word of God. A, a, a stronghold is a system of thought contrary to the word of God empowered by our emotions that will try to lay hold of you. And see, if you allow your, 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 your attention, if you allow that which you're focusing on to, to be a stronghold, again, something that's contrary to the word of God, to the will of God, something empowered by our emotions, maybe it's a spirit of fear. Maybe it's, maybe it's just anger. Maybe it's frustration, whatever it might be. See, Paul says, for though we walk in the flesh, we don't do warfare according to the flesh. You'll read this in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. He says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. And dear ones, there are times that I literally have to say, I'm pulling this thought out of my mind. I'm no longer going to have stinking thinking, but I'm pulling this thought down. The old devil will say, say, see there, nothing's going to work out. The old devil will say, see there, the, the, the stock market is down 25% in the first quarter, perhaps as much as 50% in the second quarter. See there, nothing's going to work out for your future. But the devil's a liar and you can pull down that stronghold and you can say, no devil. The Bible says, in fact, the, David the psalmist said it, said it, he says, I've been young and now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. God is taking care of me. And dear ones, sometimes you have to, you have to argue from the perspective of scripture. You've got to argue against circumstances from scripture. And I find that the word of God is living and powerful and sharper. It's, it's, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It will pierce even to the division of soul and spirit and is a discerner of the joints and the marrow and the deepest intents of the heart. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, I have in our home, I've, I've told our congregation this, I have in our home 
a piece of painter's tape. It's blue painter's tape. In our living room, we have very tall, uh, uh, high ceilings in our living room, and it's a nine and a half foot tall because that was the height of Goliath. Did you know back at 3,000 years ago when David stood on that battlefield with Goliath, the average Israeli, the average Hebrew person, the average man period over the face of the earth was about five and a half foot tall. So Goliath was four foot taller than David. Not only that, but his armor weighed 125 pounds. Now David, he didn't cower in a corner when this giant of a man begins cursing him and saying, come here, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to feed your flesh to the dogs of the earth. David didn't cower. He didn't say, oh God, please do something. No, David began to speak his faith. Okay. See, Jesus said, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. David began to speak to that mountain. He began to speak to that problem. Dear ones, you need to speak to your problems today. Don't talk to God about the problem, but talk to your problem about your God. David said, you come against me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. And this day, I'm going to take your head from your shoulders. And you know what? David went wound up his sling and he released it and that little stone went right to the one place where the where the giant didn't have any armor and that was right here in his forehead and he fell down flat and David went and took the giant's own sword and cut off his head listen there are a lot of things that'll go bump in the night there are a lot of things that will terrorize you and keep you awake there are a lot of things that the devil will use to try to still kill and destroy in your life but I'm telling you that you're more than a conqueror through our Lord Jesus Christ because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world you see God is not surprised by this coronavirus God is not surprised about what's happened all over the world but but God's already made a plan and you just have to reach up to heaven and say, God, by faith, I receive your plan for me. I receive your plan for my family. I receive your plan for my cash flow. I receive your plan for my health. I receive your plan for my relationships. I receive your plan. See, I believe that the best days for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ are not behind us. I believe they are in front of us. But the people that know their God shall be strong and they shall do exploits. God's looking the Bible says in Chronicles that the eyes of the Lord roam to and fro over the face of the whole earth, looking for those whose hearts are upright before them. God is looking for people who will stand in faith and say, God, I don't understand it. I don't perceive it with my senses, but through the eyes of faith, I look at your word and I'm standing on your word and I'm believing you to do exceedingly abundantly above all I can ask or think according to the power of the Holy Spirit that's at work within me because we serve a God that wants to do infinitely more than you and I could ask or think. Let me share with you one more takeaway from this message. It says over here in verses 12 and 13, when the day began to wear away, the 12 came and they said to Jesus, 
Send the multitude away that they may go into the surrounding towns and country and lodge and get provisions, for we are in a deserted place. Dear ones, all of us have the tendency to try to figure out how God's going to answer our prayers. We have the tendency to try to figure out, God, how is this going to work out? How is that going to work out? And sometimes we are guilty. I'm guilty sometimes of praying. And in my prayers, I'm telling God how he can answer my prayers. How many of you know God doesn't need me to do that? He doesn't need you to do that. See, God already has a plan. And his plan is a good plan. And, and dear ones, we don't have to figure out in advance how God's going to take care of us. We just got to say, God, you are a good God. You know, last Sunday morning, Kathy and I were in Banner Elk, North Carolina. We loved, we watched our, 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 ser- our service online. We loved watching our worship. And then Brother Scott preached the word. It was really good. And then when, when our service went off, another service came on. We're watching on YouTube because the Facebook live feed didn't seem to be working at first. But, so, but, but we were enjoying it. Somebody else came on. We watched that service. And then Kathy and I were fixing some lunch. And then Kathy began to cry and she grabbed her heart. She says, oh, something is squeezing my heart. And it happened on Saturday night, but then it stopped. And we thought, well, maybe this will go away, but it kept happening. And Kathy has got a very high tolerance for pain. She went over to the sofa and she sat down and she just began to weep and cry. And all this going through my mind is, oh, no, this could be a heart attack. This could be she's got a heart blockage someplace. So I called 911 and the paramedics came and they put Kathy inside that ambulance and they took her 20 miles away from Banner Elk to a, 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 a town called Boone and they took her to the Boone, North Carolina Medical Center and they did test after test after test on her. And dear ones, you know, you can't go, if you've got a loved one that goes in the hospital today, you can't go and see them. And so I had to sit out in the parking lot and wait for Kathy and pray. And I had to decide whose report am I going to believe? You see, the old devil would try to fill my mind with thoughts of Kathy having a heart attack and it doing damage to her. Or I could say, Lord, I just believe you're making a way where there doesn't appear to be a way. God, I'm believing you for a miracle. You see, I had to argue against those, those strongholds, those thoughts with scripture. And I just began thinking of every healing scripture I could could think of. We've been sending you out healing scriptures now for the last almost eight weeks. Uh, hopefully these, these healing confessions are a strength to you. And I've got many of them in my heart. I just begin to say, by the stripes that wounded Jesus, Kathy Wellens Todd is healed in Jesus' name. It wasn't until 10 o'clock that they released her from the ER after running test after test after test. Thank God the tests were all negative. And they finally said, we don't exactly know what the problem is, but it could be stress. It could just be from the pressures and things that you've been under for the last number of weeks and months. Thank God that she's feeling better today. Thank God that about 1030 last Sunday night, I was able to get her back up to 
to, to Banner Elk and she was able to sleep good. Thank God that he's a refuge and strength, that he's a very present help in time of trouble. But who's he's a help? who is he a help for? He's a help to those who count him a help. Let me encourage you. You may be watching on your phone. You may be watching on, on your computer or some other device. Right now, say, Lord God, I look to you for help, and I count you a help in my life. I'm believing you for miracles. You see, one of the names for the Holy Spirit is helper. God's our refuge and strength, a very present help in times of trouble. Let me close with this story. When I was in graduate school many years ago, Kathy and I had used our savings and we had borrowed some money and that's how we were living and paying our bills. Kathy was a, a, a school teacher. She had certified to grades kindergarten through third grade, but she couldn't get a job in Virginia. She, could, she was only working in a daycare and I was working part time and we just weren't making enough money to even pay our bills. And the semester came that, 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 that I needed to register for classes, but I really didn't have the money. And I went and spoke to the registrar, and he was, he was a friend of mine. And I said, I said, can I get you the money by the end of the week? And he says, well, I'm not supposed to do this, but okay, I'll do it. Now, I didn't know where the money was coming from. I was just standing in faith, believing God. Kathy and I went to a church service. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, give $200. Well, dear ones, we didn't have too much more than $200 in our checking account anyway. But we gave the $200. Do you know that two days later in the mail, Kathy and I received a check from Barry and Elfie Norris, who often come here and worship with us. They're from St. Augustine. They actually came up for Dad's funeral. Um, Barry and Elfie sent us a check for $500. Now, let me tell you how significant that is. Barry and Elfie in those days were making their living by selling vegetables at a roadside stand over in East Florida. Selling vegetables on a roadside stand. $500 was a lot of money to them, but they had felt the Holy Spirit had spoken to their hearts and said, send this money to Terrell and Kathy Todd up in Virginia Beach. They need it. They had sent it long before Kathy and I gave that last $200 offering. Well, thank God we were so excited to receive that in the mail, and yet it still wasn't quite enough. And then I received a phone call, and I was told of a group of people who started a new church. They only had nine people. And they were meeting in a, in a penthouse on top of a hotel on Atlantic Boulevard in Virginia Beach, right on the Atlantic coast. They said, would you come out and preach? Well, that morning, I went out and preached. And honestly, we've got a big plate glass in this penthouse. And you can see surfers out there. You can see dolphins. And so I couldn't fully keep the attention of our congregation, our nine people that day. But when the service was over with, they said, they said, Pastor Terrell, would you and Kathy just wait in this room and let us meet for a minute? And when it was over with, they invited me to become their pastor. And they said, we know it's not much, but we'll pay you $500 a week. And just, just to show that we're serious, we're going to give you a check today for $1,000 that's covering this week and next week. Well, dear ones, suddenly I had the money that I needed to pay for tuition. 
Dear ones, we don't always know how God's going to come through for us. We don't always know how it's going to work out. But dear ones, God's looking for us to count him faithful when the going gets rough and say, Jesus, I don't understand and I can't perceive how this is going to work out, but I believe you to do exceedingly abundantly above all I can ask or think according to the power that is at work in my life. Mothers, we thank God for you. This is your special day. I remind you that the miracle of the multiplication of loaves and fish, it started because a mother packed some fish and some hush puppies for a little boy, and she sent him off to see the Messiah. I just want you to bow your heads right now. Everybody, just bow your heads, close your eyes, wherever you are. I know you may be in your living room, or you may be in your bedroom, or your kitchen, or wherever. You may be in your car watching on the phone. You may be just listening to this, but if possible at all, just bow your heads, close your eyes, because I want to give you the opportunity to respond to the miracle-working power of God, because the miracle-working power of God is present right this minute. I I just believe that supernatural miracles are taking place right this moment. I believe supernatural miracles are taking place for you. I just, as I was praying, I just perceived that somebody had back problems and God is healing your back problems right now. Somebody else, you've injured your neck and God is doing a miracle. He's healing your neck. Just begin to move it. Begin to do something you couldn't do before. I I, I just just perceive there are people, and you say, Terrell, what do you mean by perceive? Well, a word of knowledge is a fact in the mind of God regarding the present that he shares with us, and it often works in tandem with the gifts of healings. I, I just believe there's people that are heartbroken right now because you've not been able to see your loved ones you've not been able to see your friends because of the restrictions related to this this virus and I see God healing that brokenness in your heart I see God doing what no one else can do you know I I think there's somebody you've had a, a two or three day headache I mean it has just been working on you and you've taken medications but it won't go away and right now in Jesus name your head is being healed Right now, in Jesus' name, God is healing you. Again, somebody else, you, you, you've, you've, hurt your, you've hurt your back, and God is healing your back. There's, there's somebody that's got ringing in your ears, and God is healing that ringing in your ears. There's somebody that you, you've injured your right foot. You've, you've, you've somehow, you've injured the toes on your right foot, and and I believe that the Holy Spirit of God is healing you right this minute. There's somebody that fear has tried to turn you every which way but loose. Fear of our world collapsing as we know it. I want you to say with me, God's not giving me a spirit of fear. That's right, open up your, your mouth, repeat after me. Say, God's not giving me a spirit of fear but a power and of love and a sound mind. Come on, say it. But a power and of love and a sound mind. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 4 that perfect love casts out fear. I want you to say in Jesus' name, I am filled with God's perfect love and it's casting out fear 
in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mothers, this has been your special day, and I pray that it's a great, great day for you. Remember, this miracle of multiplication started with the faith of a mother who made a lunch for a little boy as he went off to see the Messiah. We want to take a few minutes and celebrate communion today. I'm going to turn in my Bible to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And uh, you can turn if you've got your Bible any place close to you, 2 Corinthians. In fact, it's not 2 Corinthians, it's 1 Corinthians chapter 10. See there, even I get confused sometimes. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and chapter 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Paul says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, this is verse 23, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Take your bread. I'm just going to break mine because that's what Jesus did. He says, take eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take together. I believe even right now God is healing people. I believe even right now God is turning your perspective around. I believe that God is showing you how he's making a way where there doesn't appear to be a way. I believe even as you've watched this broadcast, God has been renewing your minds. God's saying, I've got a future and a hope for you, not despair. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant of my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. There's power in the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus will never lose its power. Let's drink together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's right, right where you are. Go on and join me. Say hallelujah. Come on, say it. Hallelujah. Let his praises come out of your mouth. Hallelujah, Lord, we thank you. We praise you. We magnify you on this Mother's Day. We love you, Lord. And we thank you that you're the God of miracles. Lord, I thank you you're doing miracles for the people of God. In Jesus' mighty name. If the Lord has touched you, I want you to tell one of our, go online to our chat line, to our chat rooms, both on YouTube as well as Facebook Live. Go on there and say, hey, God healed me. God is doing a miracle for me. God is doing this in my life. He's doing that. We want to hear from you. We love you. We thank God for you. I pray that we can start meeting together live real soon. We pray right now that God uses this message to plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. 
Evangel's all about making the name of Jesus famous and his church glorious. We love God, love people, and love life. And we're here for you, working to help draw people from impossible situations into a loving and friendly circle of hope where answers are found and acceptance is given. We invite you to join us for any of our services, Sunday mornings at 10.30 and Wednesday evenings at 7. We're located at 2300 Old Bainbridge Road in Tallahassee. We have fantastic programs for kids and youth and small groups to make deeper connections. And we pray that God blesses you richly and abundantly as you continue to seek Him first in all of your life.